We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the buzzer. In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake, shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, the Indiana Pacers. Hold an opponent under 100 points for the first time this season as they beat the Charlotte Hornets 115-99. to And thank God this man was not in the building because the Pacers could not blow it. Michael J. Focci, the curse still lives after another poor performance in the clutch in New York with you in attendance. What happened, man? Uh, I, I mean, you would have thought I was rebounding out there because, I mean, things were just, they were getting ugly. But the treatment that I was getting from Pacer fans, I know it's all love, but I felt like I was almost getting the Jalen Smith treatment from a few years back where people are like, I love you, but, you know, you got to go, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're trying to be mean to me in a nice way. But, guys, I love every single one of you. I, I was bummed out that we couldn't get that win uh, because the Pacers played such a good game in there. But, obviously, uh, you did a great job with, uh, you know, Derek uh, covering the game. I, I think that you guys broke it down. Pacers just collapsed, especially uh, on the glass. That second half, ugh, just just rough stuff. Yeah, it was not a good game from a couple of different veteran players, Buddy Hill, Miles Turner, and it was just like, you need guys like that to step up, especially when Tyrese has limited minutes. Didn't really love the fact that Nimhart played 18 in a row, and we know the Pacers like tried to correct 
that a little bit against Sacramento, change things up a little bit. We'll touch on that game here at the end, but that was a crazy one. But we're here to talk about the Pacers' 115-99 victory, breaking that three-game losing streak. Finally, Pascal Siakam, Tyrese Halliburton get their first win together. Feels like it's forever ago since they had that first game in Portland. And, you know, J.J. said to, to Pascal in the post-game interview, it's been 10 games now that you've been a Pacer. Pacers are 4-6 and six since acquiring Pascal, but... You know, it's just, it's crazy to think it's already been 10 games. It really is crazy. When you said the first win with them together, it's like, wow, yeah, you're right. Because it, it's just, there's so many games that's like, the Pacers won, oh, but Tyrese wasn't out there. Or, oh, you know, they could have won this game, but Tyrese couldn't play the fourth quarter. That four and six record just does not do justice. Because mm -hmm. if you could just say it, look, if just Tyrese is healthy, let alone a few of the other injuries that we had, that record's way better but I think that tonight could have easily been a get-right game for the Pacers. They needed to get back on track. And this was a wounded Charlotte team. I mean, no Gordon Hayward, no Mark Williams, no LaMelo Ball. You had to take care of business. But I think the Pacers did it in a convincing fashion, like you mentioned. Held a team below 100 points for the first time this season, and they never trailed in the game. And they held the Hornets to 13 points in the first quarter, which is... Shocking. The fewest amount of points the Pacers have held a team to this season, and we need to talk about it, Fachi, because this is the starting lineup we speculated could end up being the starting lineup moving forward, and that is Pascal Siakam, Aaron e. Smith, Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, but not Buddy Heald, not Benedict Matherin, but Andrew Nimhard. And I felt like while Nimhard did not have a very good offensive game, you see why he fits in so well with this team. And three assists, but really good defense was a plus 19, even though he had zero points. And that's what you're wanting to see from that starting group. It's time. And we talked about it because it made sense. Buddy Heald, it's while he struggled on the offensive end, he, he struggled on defensive end for he's just not, you know, a, um, you don't want to say not a capable defender, but not a plus defender. He's not a positive defender. Andrew Nimhart. Trustworthy. Is, yes, trustworthy, however you want to put it. There is no scenario that Buddy can go 0-4 and be a plus 19 in the game for the Pacers. It's just not going to happen. This group that they have, I think, is you know, it, it's probably the best starting five that I think that you could have because mm -hmm. I feel like Tyrese, you obviously know, hey, defensively he has his struggles, but he brings so much offensively that, come on, it's obviously it's Tyrese Halliburton. I think around there then, Andrew Nemhard is a, a secondary playmaker, really good defender. I just feel like it's it's a it's a good fit, and I'm excited about this five moving forward because what we've seen out of Buddy late, I mean, you don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but at the same point in terms of what's best for business, they needed to make a change, and I, I'm glad they did. Yeah, Buddy Hill's been terrible. Yes. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's on this team this time next week. But Time's ticking. Yeah, it feels like the writing is on the wall for Buddy Hield's time here in Indiana. We'll see if it's just the rest of the season, but he has not played good basketball of late. But I want to talk about guys that have been playing really good basketball, and that is Pascal Siakam. In this game, Fachi, nearly a triple-double, 25 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 0 turnovers, was a plus 30 for the game in 35 minutes. You mentioned it, this Hornets team, they're terrible. They've got a lot of players that are key contributors on their team out. But this is what we were talking about. And I know you mentioned it a couple of uh, a couple of episodes ago about wishing he would be more aggressive. And we yep. saw an assertive Pascal Siakam. I thought it was really interesting after the Kings game in the post-game media room, he was talking about 
still trying to figure out when to pick his spots, when to be the aggressor, when to be the initiator, and that kind of thing. I think tonight we saw a clear identity of who Pascal Siakam is. Give him the ball, get out of the way, and let him cook because he is able to do that. And while Tyrese is out, you know, with twenty with, with a limited minutes restriction, right? So I just feel like you've got to let Pascal kind of be more assertive and and run more offense through him and let him kind of dictate things and let people play around that. I completely agree. This was all NBA uh, Pascal Siakam. I mean, this really looked like the player that when you, you make that trade, when you trade three first-round picks, you're looking for a guy like this type of talent. And it was awesome to see it on display. I mean, like you mentioned, he was on triple-double watch, 20 shots, great. There was a couple times where I had – I had a little bit of arguments in the past. I didn't want to see 14 shots, especially if, if Halliburton's not out there. you got to be more aggressive. And the 20 shots, very efficient, 11 of 20. I know he struggled in, in New York, which you, know, you and Derek you know covered, but it was nice to see that he has been a little bit more aggressive. Tonight, just, I mean, barbecue chicken. The, the Charlotte Hornets had nothing for him, and I think it was great for him to be able to take advantage of that matchup. Absolutely, and I feel like, the step back jumper in the mid range was really good, and and you know one thing I want to talk about because I feel like Pascal Siakam his wingspan is so huge down in the paint, he can take one step and just his arm gets all the way to the rim and it's so impactful. Where he's got soft hands too, and this is the difference between him and a guy like Miles Turner because I know a lot of people get frustrated with Miles not being strong in the paint all the time, and it's very inconsistent. He can kind of be a little bit weak down there. And we've seen Miles play with force, and I felt like he had some really nice moments in this game, specifically in the third quarter, really got the Pacers going there early on. But, you know, th that game against New York, like it was just barbecue chicken left and right Ooh. by Hartenstein and Precious Achua. Like he was having his, you know, he had his hands full. Now, a lot of guys did. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he couldn't even finish out the game. He was playing so bad. And then he misses the Kings game with a sprained ankle. Had back problems earlier against Memphis, didn't play that game. So, yeah, he might be battling injuries, and we've seen Miles play with more force this year than maybe years past, but there are still times when it just feels like Miles needs to be a little bit stronger in the paint, and I would rather, you know, I like seeing that for my power forward and Pascal Siakam just kind of play down there with force, but I, I don't think that my six foot nine power forward should be more forceful than my seven foot center in Miles Turner. No, and this this was a good bounce back game for Turner. Um, you know, coming off of that Knicks game and obviously missing the Kings game, so I was happy to see that. You know, sixteen points, ten boards. He had seven uh, boards by halftime. Good to see. But you know, one thing, and I hate the nitpick. Where's the blocks been? You know, now yeah. this is back to back games without a block for Turner. Uh, he actually doesn't have a block in three of his last four games. That's pretty crazy for a guy that you know used to get him. You know, by. Uh, you know, in, I don't want to say in dozens, but, you know, in, in, in a few, a few at a time, you know, maybe finish a game with three, anything like that. That's been something that I've noticed, but it was good to see Turner out there. I do wonder if that back injury is lingering at times. It feels like it, it might be affecting him, but like I mentioned, good bounce back performance for Turner, but Siakam, yeah, it was definitely someone that you had your eyes on tonight as just, he had his fingerprints all over this game. Yeah, he was really the focal point for the Pacers offense, and everybody kind of played through him throughout the game. And when this game got close and they put him and Neesmith back in in the fourth quarter, you just felt a difference. And the, the Hornets really had no match for him. But, yeah, Turner's blocking. We talked about it a little bit this year. He just does seem a little bit slower than normal. Not really sure what's going on. Maybe he is battling injuries. Maybe he's just lost a little step playing so fast. I'm sure that wears on you. But I will say this, Fachi, Pacers are now 8-2. and two 
when Miles Turner corrals 10 plus rebounds in a game. So if Miles can get the 10 rebounds in a game and get that double double, the Pacers do a better job usually and win those games. So hey, maybe be more effective on the glass. I, uh, you know, I love a good stat. So I think that that's awesome to, to hear. And we've always talked about before. I mean, could Turner do it? Could he average double digit boards? It always felt like now, nah, okay, that, that could be tough, but you can see they're a better team when he is crashing the glass like this. And yeah, he did have 10 boards, but also Siakam with eight, Neesmith with eight. I mean, it, it takes a collective effort. Uh, the Pacers also had, uh, you know, TJ McConnell had six rebounds himself. So yeah. it was great to see a lot of guys have at least five rebounds. Matherin had five, Jalen Smith had five. So Overall, you're talking about six Pacers had five rebounds or more. That's something you really don't see often. So, you know, I, I'm encouraged by that. And obviously, hey, the Pacers, they, they won the battle on the glass 49 to 43. I think that that was, uh, that was big. And when your team's rebounding collectively, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go that much further. And obviously, if you're getting crushed on the boards like you did against New York, you're probably going to lose that game. And tonight, that was not the case. No, it wasn't. And, you know, you like good stats, Fachi? Well, here's another one I for do. you. Paces are now 11-5 and five when Andrew Nimhar starts. See, I mean, think about it. It's like they're better with Nimhar in the lineup. And I understand, you know, we talked about this a while ago, maybe even in the offseason. I'm like, okay, hey, you bring in Bruce Brown, what's going to happen? It just feels like Andrew Nimhar's too good to stay out of the, of the starting lineup because mm. he's more than just a, a backup point guard. He truly is worthy of being a starter on many teams. And I think by now, it feels like the Pacers definitely feel comfortable with Matherin coming off the bench. Buddy Heald, yeah. I don't think you could put him back in the starting lineup. I just don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that Nemhard is the guy that's earned it. And I think if, if you say, if if not Andrew, then who? And I don't think there's anybody else that has a right to it. I think that's Andrew Nemhard's starting spot at the two-guard position. Yeah, I mean, I think that Ben Matherin did a great job against the Sacramento Kings. We'll talk about Definitely. that. I think he had 30-plus points. I yep. can't remember how many he, he had. But he was awesome in that game. And you can kind of see, like, when he scores or when he plays, like, 30-plus minutes, like, he's really efficient out on the field, uh, out, on, out on the floor. But I just – I like him coming off the bench. I feel like him and McConnell have great synergy together. And I just feel like he's not the playmaker that, that Nimhart is. Like, there was a great pass, I believe it was, in that third quarter when Nimhart threw it to a cutting turner who finished through traffic, got the foul, made the end one. And and that's just kind of what he does. He can make some really tough passes. And with Pat, excuse me, and with Tyrese being limited right now with what he can do, it just alleviates some of that pressure where you can have another ball handler out there. And I do think that maybe there was like Tyrese returned on the road against Boston. TJ didn't play in that game. So maybe there was some like, okay, we can't really do what we want to do right now because TJ's not ready. And then Thursday against the Knicks, TJ was still coming back from that injury or excuse me, that sickness that he was fighting. And maybe they just didn't feel like he was ready at that point. And so that's why on Friday night, you saw McConnell start, but Nimhard was taking the night off basically because Carlisle said he looks like he just, it's been a rough year for him up and down. So they're trying to keep him healthy. So I don't know. You can say whatever excuse you want, but definitely makes a lot of sense to have him in there just to kind of alleviate some of that pressure off of Tyrese and he's going to have to learn how to at least become a better three-point shooter if he's going to be in this group because that is the only real negative I see with him but if he can at least just knock it down around 32 percent from the field that's enough where teams will have to respect him and we know he's capable of taking guys off the dribble getting into the paint and finding the open guys so I'm not worried about that but if he's going to 
not be able to shoot from outside, that does kind of clog up the offense a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It does, and he's shooting sub-33% on the season. He's a guy that shot 35% from three as a rookie, so you do feel that, hey, could could he shoot 33 to 35% from three? I, I do. I do think that he could do that. Ask him to do more than that, yeah, that could be a little bit tough, but I also think the Pacers have some other good shooters around him. Obviously, Aaron Neesmith, I believe, is still second in the league in three-point percentage. He's been awesome. You know, Halliburton, really good three-point shooter. Turner has has, has been a good three-point shooter in the past. I think this year, you know, you would like that to be a higher percentage. And, you know, Siakam, you're, you're not really looking for Siakam to be, um, you know, a, a go-to three-point shooter. But I also I do think that they have um, – they have enough shooters around him, but obviously that's the reason why Buddy was in that starting lineup. Yeah. Because Buddy is one of the best three-point shooters of all time. But I, I do think there's far more positives that Nemhard brings than negatives. So I really, really like the move to the starting lineup. Yeah, it's 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 gonna find, you know, it's gonna balance out once everything gets kind of settled. And I put a tweet out yesterday talking about teams that have played the most possessions together, starting five. Uh, five-man lineups that is and the Pacers number one lineup uh, of possessions played together it, it ranks 27th and that's with Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin with Buddy Hill in the starting five you have to go all the way down I think there's a another one not too far from that but then you have to go all the way down to like 90th to find a lineup that's currently on the roster that's played you know that many possessions together and that was that backup lineup of McConnell, Hill, Matherin, Toppin, and Jalen Smith so with all the injuries the Pacers have had, I think that it's been difficult to try to find that five you want to just rely on. So hopefully from this game moving forward, depending on what they do at the trade deadline coming up here in just a couple of days, can they just let's lock in with this group the rest of the season, let them get as many reps as they possibly can. Because tonight, Fachi, it was actually a pretty good performance from that group. Uh, I tweeted it out. I'm going to find it here real quick. The Pacers starting five tonight 
was a plus 13 in 16 minutes and 26 seconds of play, 131.4 offensive rating, 94.3 defensive rating with a 37.1 net rating, 16 of 20 from two. However, just three of 13 from three. Yeah, I'd say that's that's all great stats. You do wish you could play Charlotte all the time, all especially the time. this, especially <laughs> this banged up Charlotte team. But you know, it's uh, one thing that I want to point out because we talked about the injuries and this and that. Alex, this was this was a full roster tonight. I know James Johnson didn't get in, but at the same point, uh, you know, he made the camera appearance. Yep, but like this is everybody was available. Yeah, that's something that we have not seen in quite some time. I know guys definitely are banged up and playing through it. That's that's you know it's good to see that this team is finally getting healthy. Um, I'm really excited about that. I do think that we're with this team being healthy now, you could start to see some reduced roles. I mean, obviously yeah. a guy like Obi Toppin plays 11 minutes. Buddy Heald at 12 minutes. His minutes have really come down lately. Isaiah Jackson didn't get in until the very end. Uh, you know, with like Jarris Walker and, and Kendall Brown Kendall. and Ben Sh- Ben Shepard. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Pacers do now that everybody is available because it feels like game, you know, game in, game out, someone's out and someone else steps up. But, hey, um, it's going to be very interesting to see. And obviously the next couple of days will tell a lot because if the Pacers don't make a move, there is, there's a lot of players on this team to try and find playing time for, and there is not enough minutes for all. Yeah, I mean, if Buddy Hill keeps going the direction he is going, I think Ben Shepard might replace him in the rotation. I don't even think the Pacers think twice about it. Um, I understand Buddy Hill's a great shooter, but come on now. Ben Shepard's been playing pretty good basketball, and at least he gives you something defensively. You bring up Obi Top in 11 minutes tonight, Fachi. Three turnovers was a minus 14 in the game. When you have a worse plus minus than the minutes you played and you only played 11 Oof, minutes. That's tough to do. That's yeah. <laughs> not good. And Rick Carlisle pulled him quick and he wasn't rebounding the basketball very well. He very, honestly, I kind of forgot he was out there tonight. That's right. how, that's how forgettable his performance was. And, you know, PJ Washington coming off the bench for Charlotte looked pretty good in tonight's game. Nine of 16 from the field, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block, Uh, you know, 22 points. So, yeah, I mean, when that's the guy you're kind of matching up with and he's just constantly cooking out there, it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a lot of minutes for you. And I and I thought by going back to Pascal, that's when everything changed in that fourth quarter as Charlotte was kind of closing the gap. You know, OB top and man, I just I don't know. It, it, this is a weird group off the bench because it does have a lot of offensive firepower with Matherin, with top and with healed, but you're missing a lot of defense out there. And that was one thing we were both concerned about when they started going to this lineup. Now it's been decently successful, but I'm sorry, you know, Matherin got some shots there at the end, but for the most part, this offense was like, all right, Jalen Smith, let's get him the ball. And that was it. And I'm like, what is this offense even doing? Because it was really clunky the whole entire game. It really was. And I know Matherin ended up with 14, but he did it on four of 12 shooting. Yeah. I mean, there, there really wasn't the bench. The bench did not deliver tonight and and the starters i think played really well and specifically you know you had four players four of the five at 16 or more obviously nemhard goes scoreless but i i just feel that um the bench is usually a strength tonight luckily you didn't need to score 120 plus points if charlotte only scores 99 i mean you're obviously hey things worked out but yeah it, it's uh the bench all of a sudden if you move nemhard into the starting lineup that's your point if that that bench doesn't look great it doesn't look great. And I really do feel that the Pacers have a tough decision to make over the next few days of what are you going to do? 
what are you going to do? Because this is your chance of like, you're starting to see Obi Toppin kind of not, not to say regress, but his minutes are coming down. I just feel that he's a little bit harder to count on night in, night out. Buddy Heald, you're seeing his role reduced. He's really been, Alex, he's putting up three points left and right. Yeah. I mean, three points. It's happening far too often. You know, you had some great stats the other episode. You were talking about how it's, you know, in more than half the games, he shot sub 40% from three. I don't even think that does it justice because I know you started talking about a lot of those games end up being like kind of, you know, below 35% or any, anything like that. It's just, it's been tough. And I think that if the Pacers really want to make that push, you got a good team right now, but you could, you could make this team better. Yeah. So the actual tweet that I put out was in 49 games played this season, this was before the last two games. Buddy Hill has 22 games where he shot 30% or less from three. That's, that's so, a lot. That's a lot. And, you know, Buddy Hill last year was so good. Mm-hmm. I think he oh, was yeah. around, what, 42% from three, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was lights out. And this year he's just taking a big step back. And I think part of that is just because he's been so in and out of the lineup and not really getting the consistent minutes that he had last year and that same synergy with Ty. Like he's, Played some minutes with Ty, but he's also played some minutes with McConnell and just trying to figure out where he where he belongs on this team. And I feel like he's been a good locker room presence. So definitely it's not like everything he's done has just been like, oh my gosh, he's terrible. But like, you know, one of three would qualify for 33%. So it wouldn't fit into that minus or 30% or less category. So tonight's game doesn't count against that record, neither does the previous game where he actually played decently well against Sacramento. Yep. I was just glad because I, I I found another stat that the paces are undefeated when he makes uh, 11 or he shoots 11 field goal attempts randomly that's, they're like six and oh when he makes 11 when stat. he makes 11 field goal attempts and he was at 11 there for a hot minute and i was like please just take another shot because we're about to lose this game and i don't want my stat to be uh ir- irrelevant anymore after just like a couple of hours but no i think that we do need to talk about one player that we didn't get to in the starting lineup and that's aaron neesmith honestly this guy just plays hard and plays the same way every single night and I find myself just constantly becoming more and more of a fan of him and the way that he plays and the way that he contributes to winning basketball. The the contract that the Pacers have him signed to, like it cannot be understated. We talk about it almost every podcast when we talk about him, but like seriously, what an incredible steal for the Indiana Pacers. Aaron Neesmith is a dog. And Aaron Neesmith, 22 points tonight, eight rebounds, four assists. Had to play 34 minutes, eight of 11 from the field, Fachi. You can't make that stuff up. Uh, also had, was a plus 19 in this game. You know, Aaron Neesmith continues to kind of prove why he is such a staple to this team moving forward. And he plays with such a joy that it, it's really fun to watch him play just because he, he gets just as excited about a dunk and, and transition as he does taking a charge. And there's not a lot of guys that want to give their bodies up like that for a charge, but Aaron Neesmith will do that any chance that he can. He really will. And I saw some people saying, oh, man, you know, the other, the other night, Neesmith fouls out again. What do you think this guy's battling out there? He's giving you everything he's got, every last foul that he could possibly give. He, he's going out there. He, most of the time in his matchup, he's undersized. And you, you talk about the contract. He's underpaid. I mean, it makes me want to go my wallet and slip him a 20 bucks. I, I know he doesn't need it at $11 million per year, but that's how much of a steal that deal is. And it's just like it's contracts like those. And the production you're able to get for it, that allows teams to really be able to push forward because what he's bringing to the table far exceeds the $11 million per year that he's going to get. I mean, we just never – I remember earlier in the year, 
you know, you talk about stats. I had that stat. Hey, when, when Neesmith scores 12, the Pacers were like 6-0 and or whatever it may have been or 15 points. I don't know, whatever it is. Lately, he's really turned up the Jets. I mean, we saw we saw 22 points for Charlotte. It was 17 against the Knicks before he fouls out. 26 versus Boston, 22 versus Phoenix. That's just some of the last few games. Mm-hmm. It's like all, coming into the year, we were just hoping, could you play really good defense? I don't know, maybe give us 10. He's given us way more than that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about, hey, second in the league in three-point percentage, it's just night in, night out. He is someone that shows up, and I think that that's huge for this Pacers team because there, there's a lot of talented players on, on this Pacers team, but they don't show up every single night. Aaron Neesmith is someone that you do not have to worry about. No, not at all. And another guy that I think we need to talk about here to kind of wrap this game up is the franchise himself, Tyrese Halliburton. Very frustrated after the Sacramento game, and you could feel the weight of the losses adding up with him being limited with those minutes. And when he talked to the reporters after the game in the locker room on Friday night, I don't know if you were able to watch that YouTube video, but you could just tell how dejected he was. And he said, fans are frustrated, but they're not as frustrated as I am. They tried changing up his minutes in Sacramento, bringing him off the bench for the very first time, didn't even get into the game until the second quarter. Because we saw how the Pacers were really close against Boston and New York down the stretch, but he wasn't able to play because he had reached the amount of minutes he was allowed to play. So they still start him, and it felt like the minutes were spread out a little bit differently tonight, but still only got 20 minutes, didn't need to come back in into the fourth quarter because the Pacers were kind of controlling the game. But 17 points for Tyrese on 6 of 8 shooting, Fachi was a plus 13, 4 assist, 1 steal, 2 blocks, only 1 turnover. Obviously, not the assist numbers that you are used to seeing from Tyrese, and I'm sure that those uh, that lead is probably coming down next to next to Trey Young in terms of games played and uh, the overall assist leader. But I think he can catch back up. I just, you know, I, I feel bad for Tyrese and all that he's going through with this injury. We need him fully healthy for the Pacers to be at their best. But tonight, I felt was a step in the right direction. No, it was a step in the right direction, and I was happy that this was not going to be like some of the previous games where it's like if Tyrese had just been able to play in the fourth quarter, you know, we win that game because he had comments about that, you know, recently. I think it was, uh, you know, in, in reference to the Kings game, basically saying, you know, I feel that we, we – here, I got it right in front of me. The last two games I felt like if I finished the game, we had a better chance to win. Just wanted to figure out what was best for uh, best way for me to do that. This is what we came to a conclusion with, and that's him coming off the bench. So it just feels like, yeah, you know what? I think we all felt the same thing. And in this game, it was nice that the Pacers had a sizable lead that they did not need any anything from him in the fourth quarter. So that was great. We could be able to get him healthy. And I, I don't know how long this minute restriction will be, but it, it's gone on now at about, what, four straight games of mm-hmm. playing about 21 minutes roughly. I, I'm not, not sure how long that could possibly continue, but I, I would like to think that maybe the Pacers are getting ready to ramp him up a little bit. Maybe it's getting to 25 minutes soon, but they've definitely played it safe. But I'm happy that we were also able to get a win because if you did lose to Charlotte tonight, it would have been worrisome. Yeah, I do think now that you're you're fully healthy, you have McConnell, you have Nimhard, both available, it does make it a little bit easier because we did see that Nimhard came back in for McConnell in the fourth quarter when I felt like TJ was struggling a little bit there. And so instead of having to bring Ty back in, they could go back to Nimhard. But just because I feel like with him starting, it does kind of even out those minutes correctly. But this game, Fachi, from a from a team standpoint, the Pacers largely was 24. They never trailed in this game. Charlotte never had the lead. So 
leading for the entire 48 minutes is great to see. Indiana did dom- didn't dominate in the points in the paint, but they did outscore the Hornets 60 to 52. But the big stat here, Fachi, 34 assists on 45 shots. And that just kind of shows you when this team is sharing the ball like this, that's when they're at their best. You're not you're not at your best when you're trying to be an ISO scoring team. That's not how this team is built. And so while Tyrese only had four assists, that's when you see Siakam have a high number in assists. Neesmith had a high number in assists. So different guys stepped up, and I just felt like that was really pivotal to this pay, to this Pacers win. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com no, it really was. Uh, it, awesome to just see that. I mean, yeah, you talked about it. 34 assists in a game where Tyrese only has four of those assists. That that would have been shocking. Yeah. S- still blows my mind that Tyrese only had one assist versus Sacramento. That's something that you just – you see one assist from Tyrese in one minute, you know. But, hey, it's just been uh, – like like he talked about, frustration. I think he was extra frustrated. I think the Pacers are finally going to be able – we talked about the schedule. It's, it's, very, uh, it's very appealing. And I think the Pacers now can – they have a chance to go on a run. And, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. Uh, you got Houston coming up next on Tuesday. Golden State, the day of the deadline, when, they, when they're looking to make a, a deal, you know, they could be pretty pretty thin at that moment. I think the Pacers have, have an opportunity right now to really rack up some Ws. And they're finally getting healthy. Something we mentioned earlier in this episode, we waited months for this. Alex, I do think that the best basketball for the Pacers is ahead of them. Yeah, I think this team is just ready for the all-star break. They're ready to kind of get some rest because they've had so many injuries, it feels like, the last month or two, and they've just been trying to figure it out, sort things out. But if they can kind of close things out, I I, I wanted to go 6-0 and the oh, next yeah. six games. I'm being greedy, but if they can go at least 4-2 and and just kind of have some momentum, look, they, like you said, they've got Houston next. They've already got the win against Charlotte. Then they're at home against uh, Golden State. Then they go on the road, and they play New York again on Saturday. I don't know if you're going to be in the building for that game. I don't know. I, I, think, I think nobody wants me to. So, you know, <laughs> I want, this one I might sit out, but I got a couple other ones on the schedule I got my eye well, on. So If we do win that game and you're not there, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's probably me. Yeah. But then they get to go back and play Charlotte again on the road. And, and then close it out on Valentine's Day in Toronto for Pascal Siakam's homecoming since the trade. So, you know, Toronto's kind of been an up and down team. They could have they could make some moves too before the deadline as they're trying to rack up more picks and young assets so they could be a different team. Charlotte can be completely different the next time we see them with Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Gordon Hayward, uh, Kyle Lowry's not on their roster, but he technically is. I mean, they they could do a lot of different things with that group. <laughs> 
So it, I think right now the Pacers have a pretty nice window here where they could rack up some wins, get some momentum heading into the All-Star break. And then I think they have a four-game homestand when they get back from the All-Star break. So they they have some momentum potentially that could be in their favor. They just got to get things clicking. I think you mentioned that Tyrese Halliburton's minutes are going to be pivotal here in terms of how many minutes they play him. I actually, like, the more I think about it, if they could keep him around 25 until the All-Star break and then kind of bring him back to 36 after that, that would be huge. But he even talked about it after that Kings game. Like, the hamstring was a little bit bothersome. Like, it's still a little sore, but he's got to play through it. And I don't think that soreness is going to ever really go away once you injure it like that, Uh, especially if you're going to keep playing. So maybe, like, resting it during the offseason is going to be huge. But he just needs to really maintain it and – not overwork himself and just slowly build it back up because if he hurts it again, I mean, we could be in a similar situation that the 76ers are in now with Joel Embiid. Oh, that's a nightmare scenario. And of course, in all of the years, the all-star game is in Indiana and Tyrese is starting in it. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, so he's not going to be able to rest, you know, who knows, you know, how many minutes he'll play, but at the same point, you don't want him to just not play because He's representing Indiana, but um, that that would have been some pivotal time for him to be able to really have some time off. But you know what? Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's not a situation where anything could get worse because I think that this team between Turner's back and, and Nimhard's whole body, basically, and a few other guys, I mean, Matherin's toe, it's like this all-star break is coming at the right time. There's still a couple of games we got to get through first, but I, I, there's a lot to be excited about right now. And that's still, I mean, you still got that open roster spot, the trade deadline. It's a great time to be, you know, a fan of this team because I, I think some of the best basketball is in the near future. Absolutely, Fachi. And I, and I want to ask you about the 76ers, you know, now that Embiid's going to be out for a significant time. And we know the Knicks, they've been playing great basketball, but they've had like 20 games in a row at home for whatever reason, you know, so we'll see what happens with them. But, I just think with Philadelphia kind of being where they're at right now, no Joel Embiid for a little bit now. He could come back, but there's still some question marks of how healthy he's going to be when he does come back, and could he re-injure something? like It's just a big question mark for them, and it does stink because I feel like Joel was having a great season, and and this this is a good Philadelphia team, but it feels like there's now a little bit of a window of an opportunity here for the Pacers to move up in the standings if the the 76ers kind of slide back without their MVP-level player you know, out there for them on a night to night basis. It's definitely possible. I mean, we already played Philly so many times. So it's, it's, we don't have that, uh, that luxury of potentially playing them without Embiid. Um, but at the same point, uh, you know, th- th- there are opportunities. I think there's a couple teams that are playing really good basketball. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers are on fire yeah. right now. I mean, they have just been playing so good. The Knicks have been playing so good, but I do think there, there is Philly, you know, you can catch them. It's uh, we're three and a half games back of the 76ers at this point, you know, Embiid when they're saying he could return for the rest of the season. To me, that means that this man is probably going to be out. Yeah. I'm not going to put a timetable on it, but he's going to be out for a while. And and I think that right now the Pacers have a legitimate chance. And I truly believe it to finish this year as a top six seed, which I felt coming into the season. That was that might have even felt better than the best case scenario. I think if the Pacers could have been just a top eight seed at the end, you know, assuming, you know, they, they were in the play in and win, that would have been good to be a top six team with, with this roster. I mean, that's got me fired up. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I still feel like if you can stay in the sixth spot, that's better for you in the playoffs to avoid the Boston side of the bracket. But yes, yes. You know, we'll see what happens. Orlando's just a half game behind Indiana from that six, seven spot too. So there could be a scenario where Philadelphia finds himself as the seventh seed, potentially the eighth seed playing Miami in that seven, eight matchup. Like that could be a really interesting playing game for the first night. And then, you know, the loser of that gets the consolation prize of playing Boston first, but I don't know. I, I just, I feel bad for Philly because I know they were having a really good year. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on between like, you know, Joel missing and dodging games in Denver. And while I, I think that some may have been strategic, this one definitely I don't think was because you did see him hurt himself in that Pacers game where he was grabbing at his knee, did remain in the game. But once he got the 30 points that he's been scoring, he went to the went to the bench and then wasn't even on the on the uh, he was not on the bench during the fourth quarter. He was in the locker room. So just something to keep an eye on there for Philadelphia and what they also could do at the trade deadline. Zach Levine as well out for the season for the Chicago Bulls who are in that nine to 10 range. And there was a rumor that he could be getting traded to Detroit kind of you feels know, intentional to avoid going to Detroit. That is exactly what I was going to bring up. I have a friend that that's a, it's a Bulls fan. So I'm just kicking him while he's down. And I really do feel that they were on the verge of trading Zach Levine. And I felt like there's more to the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for a fact at all, but I just felt like it was very interesting that, Oh, Hey, he's selecting for surgery right now. I'm like, hmm, I knew he was hurt, but I, I didn't think he was this hurt. But <laughs> I, I do think the timing of all of this is definitely a way to make sure that you were not traded right now. So we'll see if anything comes of that in, in the near future. I, I kind of do feel that we'll probably hear a little bit more as time goes on. But that relationship is coming to an end at some point. But it looks like it won't be at the trade deadline. But yeah, for Philly, they, they got to make some sort of move. Tobias Harris expiring. No Joel Embiid for for the near future. I just feel that they don't have enough firepower right now. So that's one of the, the fun things about the trade deadline is there's so many questions, never enough answers, but it's always a day that there is a lot going on. And I think that this trade deadline might not be any different than in years past, despite big names like Siakam, OG, Dame, uh, you know, Drew Holiday already have been traded earlier this season. No, that's that's a great point. And speaking of trades, tomorrow on our episodes, you're going to be hearing Fachi and I give some trade ideas out here. So that'll be a lot of fun. And I told Fachi, I think I said three at first. And then I said, well, I have five. And I think I ended up with like 10. So oh, we'll, man. We'll, we'll see if I get to share all of those with you guys or not. But just... I've I've been off the last couple of days. My wife had a, a procedure on Friday morning at the hospital, was there for a while. So I had time to write an article and do some work while I was just kind of waiting. I've been sitting around the house doing nothing the last 48 hours. So my mind has had plenty of time to crank up the old trade machine. So pardon me if some of these are a little bit crazy, but just wanted to get that out there. I'm excited for this podcast that we're going to release tomorrow. Hopefully no trades happen within that time. And if they do, I'll be very disappointed. But Going to try to get it out at least Monday around like five o'clock in the evening, just so we can avoid anything happening in terms of big name trades. So uh want to get ahead of that before it's too late. Hey, looking forward to it. Trade season, always one of the most fun times of the year. And I know you said three trades. I'm never one to follow rules. I got five. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm, I'm just excited that this team is getting healthy Trade trade deadline right around the corner. 
anything can happen. We, we can still dream big, even though we already pulled off a big trade this year. Who knows what will happen? All right, Mr. President of the Jermaine O'Neill Fan Club. Let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPod, STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPod, STP. You can find us on Facebook, Set the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Set the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content. Once again, I want to apologize for some of the last episodes not being able to be put up on the YouTube channel for the post-game recaps. Uh, Derek Hamer was unable to do video for that one because of, uh, of an issue with what was going on at his house. So uh, no worries there. And then with me having to be at the hospital at 530 in the morning with a two-and-a-half-hour drive, didn't have time to edit that and put it up before I went to bed. So hopefully you understand, ladies and gentlemen. But this one will be on the YouTube page because I'm off Monday, so I'll have plenty of time to get it up. But with that being said, Fosh, if you're excited that the Pacers are back on the on their winning ways and Andrew Nimhart is back on the starting lineup, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. <laughs>